You're listening to the Empowered Divorce Podcast, where women support women who have experienced betrayal trauma and abuse and are now facing divorce. Here, you'll learn tools and concepts to help guide your journey from a place of empowerment by trusting yourself and becoming the chooser in your life. I'm your host, Amy Woolsey. Thanks for joining. Hello, my beautiful listeners. Thank you for joining me today. And especially on a topic that is one of the heavier ones, a quick episode today as I answer a listener's question that I get more more often than people probably imagine. But I had a very heartfelt message around this topic. So I wanted to jump on here and share some thoughts. And as someone who takes very seriously the issues of both suicide and abuse in relationships. I really feel like it was important to address this. I don't hear a lot of people addressing this. I personally have been wrecked by this particular threat more than once. And so if you're in this situation or have been, you're not alone. And I'm really sorry that this is your experience. I hope that you listening who maybe not only ask the question, but all of you, again, who've had similar experiences can feel supported in this podcast, knowing that other women are supporting you as well. So let me go ahead and just set up the situation here for a minute. And I think in this particular story, this is really important to know. She was in a marriage where there was active betrayal unbeknownst to her. So not only with that piece of betrayal violence where she was attaching and thinking that everything was fine, But there was information withheld from her partner. There was a power difference because he knew things about her safety, her body, the safety of her body, right? That endangerment that she didn't have access to. And in this particular woman's experience, she was also, in addition, experiencing intimate partner violence, which that means there was additional abusive behaviors, power, control, that were also part of this relationship, in addition to the lying and the cheating and the gaslighting. So now fast forward, they are divorced, and he is in the space of of trying to, and I'm air quoting, win her back, not by any actual healing work that he's doing for himself, but really convincing her that that he's changing, not that he's changed, And that he's trying, but not really doing anything. He just wants his family back and it's all up to her. Like his fate is in her hands and she holds the keys to his entire life. And by the way, if you don't take me back, I can't live. I won't live. He then proceeded to spell out for her how he will specifically follow through with this threat of suicide if she doesn't comply, if she doesn't take him back if she doesn't believe that he really is changing. So because of the sensitivity of this subject, what I'm really focusing on today, because here's the truth, I've heard lots of different women's stories around this piece. And a lot of times men will say things like, I can't live without you. I can't live if you don't take me back or whatever, right? Just that statement of I can't live. What I'm really talking about today is when you have been given a suicide letter where there has been a very clear statement of their intention to take their own life. Sometimes there might be those details included or not. I've seen men do this in multiple ways and and 
there is a little bit of a difference of I can't live without you. So you need to, you know, take me back versus a very thought out intentional statement made about them taking their life if you don't comply in some way. And that's what I'm talking about today. One day I'll share this part of my story as well, but this just made me cry when I read it because I get it. So she's feeling all the weight of this man's entire life, literal human life. All the responsibility has been placed on her and she doesn't know what to do. Then there's the children that are factored into this in that maybe she can get herself to not feel so responsible for him, but then there's the kids. Does she have to help him for the sake of the kids, right? And so I really want to hold sacred space here for what we're talking about, which is life, human life. And when your former romantic partner is threatening suicide to control you, it is a documented form of emotional abuse. Of course, suicide in any form, in any threat, should always be taken seriously. In the face of immediate threat, seek emergency help. What I'm speaking to today in this episode is the phenomenon of a partner, ex-partner, weaponizing suicide against you with the intent of making you feel so guilty that you need to then do something that they ultimately want you to do or stop doing the thing that makes you feel safe and cater to their need instead of yours. A lot of women who are in the relationship or kind of on their way out, I see this show up a lot of times in the divorce process where things aren't necessarily final, but they're heading that way. And so this will be done to make you feel guilty to leave, guilty to go to court, guilty and scared to do anything because it will make them do something to themselves. And again, this is psychological and emotional abuse. Sarah Morales talks about this as a form of gaslighting and falls under a tactic used by a gaslighter or a narcissist to direct the focus onto something other than what's important. This can be used to gain attention from you or others. It's often a tactic of distraction from what's really being required of them. For example, if they're trying to prolong or postpone those court proceedings, fill out documents, or even adhere to a document, like maybe a restraining order, then, then this very likely can be used as a tactic, this threat of ending their life to get you to do something or keep them from being accountable to doing something. Some other ways that this can show up is telling you that it's your responsibility to give them a reason to live, causing you the fear of the possibility of living with guilt over their choice to end their life is absolutely abusive. We're implying that it will be your fault if they end up that way is absolutely abusive. These are all tactics. And when these things are said to you, you're being taken emotionally hostage. You're being told that someone's life is on the line if you don't meet their demands. If you're in this situation and, you, you're, and your ex or soon-to-be ex is making these types of threats, you're probably trying to figure out whether it's a true mental health crisis or is this abusive act of control. And the tricky thing is sometimes both. 
sometimes the person is saying it to control you and they also genuinely do have a mental health problem. And again, this is why we must always take threats seriously. Even as we examine the manipulation and the abuse of this style of threat. And the first thing to do is not to keep this secret and to respond seriously. So number one, I'm going to say this again. Do not keep what they're doing a secret. This is not something that you have to, you know, if they've emailed you a letter, a so-called suicide letter that insinuates in any way that this is what they're planning on doing or resulting in doing if you don't do this thing. This is not something that you that you alone need to bear the weight of. So do not keep this secret. I personally would reach out to a family member of his that does have maybe a sound mind, but letting them know that this was just sent and even forwarding it. We don't keep secrets like this. And that leads to number two is we respond seriously. We don't need to figure out Is this a threat, a tactic, just power, and he's really not serious, or maybe he is serious? I think taking that part out, right, you being the one to figure this out, it isn't your responsibility. Bottom line, suicide is a serious threat, and we're going to take it seriously. Because the truth is, you're not the one who will save them. You will not be the one to make them take their life either. And I think it's really time for us to let go of this narrative. You are not responsible for controlling the actions that your ex takes. Suicide is a very complex condition. I do believe that we are all responsible to be alert to that threat and doing what we can to prevent it. But when it comes to your ex-partner, And these threats are being made. It's not time to try and decide if they're using it as a tactic. So notify proper authorities if maybe a family member isn't available or you don't trust them. I know some of you are in situations where you're not speaking to them or they wouldn't believe you even if you did tell them. Then call 911. Call 911 and have them show up at the house and let them do a well check. But it's not your job to save them. And here's what I mean by saving. This doesn't mean that it's your responsibility to drive over their house and do your own well check. It's not your responsibility to adjust your boundaries or give in to their demands, make adjustments to parenting schedule, whatever that is, whatever they're saying that you need to do in order to save their life. This isn't actually going to help. And in many cases, it makes things worse. This can be hard for those who, while in the relationship, you did a lot of saving in vain but you did a lot of work to try and save this person because as you are now able to look back and see that it didn't work because it can't, it goes against the principle of agency, right? So here's some suggestions that come directly from the National Domestic Abuse Hotline of how maybe to respond when these threats are being made. I will preface this by saying to Try really hard to stay in your control bubble here and trust which suggestion feels the best for you. So the first thing is to tell your ex that you care about their safety and stick to your boundaries. So one of the ways that I also see suicide being threatened when that will come up is when 
you start to set boundaries. When you set and hold and stick to those boundaries and power that they have had is now being taken away and they're realizing that they don't have that power anymore, then this can often be a tactic that they use. If that's the case in this situation, tell your ex that you care about their safety, but stick to your boundaries. When you give in to the threats over and over, it only creates anger and resentment on your end. So you can say something like, I understand that you're upset right now, but I will not, and then state the boundary that you're not going to break. Another statement that comes from the National Domestic Hotline is you want to put the choice to live or die where it belongs, and that is on them. You cannot be responsible for another person's actions no matter what. And this is what I mean by staying in your control bubble. And this absolutely includes when your ex chooses to use this tactic. Another optional response can be, I do care whether you live or die, but this is your choice and I cannot stop you from making it. Now, for those of you who are in the anger resentment stage, which is very real and I completely validate that there is a space oftentimes where making that statement of I do care whether you live or die might not feel true to you. And I look, I just want to put that out there. That is a thing. And when we really get down to the brass tacks of it all, we are talking about a human life. And the fact is that when someone, no matter how much they've wronged you, takes their life, it will impact you and it will impact your children. And this just can be really hard, especially when you're dealing with a covert narcissist abuser, even overt, and you're seeing the impact that that's having on your children. This really is a whole other podcast episode. So I'm just validating the very real experience of being in the anger stage of grief and how that's such a necessary part of your healing when you are starting to realize the full impact of their behaviors and their abuse and you're seeing the very real impact that it's having on your children. And so boundaries are necessary. Space and safety is necessary. When we're dealing with someone at this level of emotional immaturity or mental illness who would use this as a tactic or are really in the space of their own depression, this is going to impact you children either way. So what we're talking about, this is really delicate, confusing, hard, and there's a really fine line between letting go of this idea that it's your job or that you actually can save a person in this state. And then on the other side is doing what you can reasonably as just a human for another human when life is at stake. Another suggestion that they make is to remember that no matter what they say, you don't have to prove anything. Even though they might be saying something like, if you really did care, if you really did care about my relationship with the kids, then you would stop me from killing myself. And again, the real truth is that there are unhealthy patterns within them. And until they resolve those unhealthy patterns, then they might continue to threaten with you or other people. And if you give in to the demands, then this will just be another tactic that they'll pull out of their pocket again. But if you believe that they are threatening suicide, then please call 911. Get that well check. Don't keep this secret. Inform their loved ones. Forward the messages. Forward the email. It doesn't matter even if they read that message or read the email and 
their response is, oh, he's not really suicidal. You're so dramatic. You're taking this too seriously. Don't let that deter you from doing what you need to do to take this topic seriously. If they don't take it seriously, that's in their control bubble. That's on them. So really the answer to this listener's question of what is my responsibility to my ex if he's threatening suicide, it's to report it, to respond seriously, and to not keep it a secret from his loved ones. But it is not your responsibility to save him or drop the boundary or give in to ever threat is attached to that threat of suicide. I am sorry to those of you who are experiencing this. The more control an abuser feels they're losing over you, those methods and tactics can become enhanced and more devastating. Threats of any kind of self-harm need to be reported, even if it's anonymous. Send them to someone. We are talking about a human life, and I know you listeners are not void of the value of human life. And for those men who are using this as nothing but a tactic to deflect or to have power over another human by threatening their own human life, well, I'll let the God above make this his business on how to handle that. You can only control what is in your power. You cannot control others' actions. Keep yourself safe and tell safe people what you are experiencing. You don't need to keep what you're experiencing a secret either. So thank you, listener, for the question, for reaching out. I know that it was a tender, heartfelt one. This week, I invite each of you to assess your control bubble. What are you inviting in that isn't yours? And this can include emotions and thoughts of others who perhaps believe that due to your ex's mental state, you should or shouldn't do something. Perhaps you're trying to control what others think about the reality of the situation. Whatever that is, just get curious. Draw it out if it helps. Draw that circle and remind yourself of what is actually in your control and what is not. Take a deep breath and hold yourself a little tighter and know that you do not have to do this alone. Please reach out for support. And if you have not joined my divorce support group, this is a perfect place to talk about hard things, to get validation, and to know that you are not alone in your journey. Thank you everyone for holding this space very sacred. It is a very tender and difficult subject. I will see you next time. It can be really hard to let go of control, right? It can be hard to let go of control in so many ways when that controlling behavior is what kept you surviving in a relationship where you didn't have control over your reality. So it makes total sense. Let's stop making ourselves wrong and learn tools on how to start taking back our power with things that we actually do have control over. And I think a lot of this starts with trusting yourself and believing in yourself, which is why I created my Believing in You group coaching program. The next 12-week cycle starts in August, just in time to send those kids back to school and start working on you because you are the chooser in your life and you can create the life that you want because you can. Take care, everybody.